بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹوڈے از دا ایٹ آف جنوری ان دا ایئر الحمد للہ وی موڈ آن ٹو دا ٹوینٹی نائنتھ سیشن الانبیاء علیہ And I've reached verse 98. So inshallah today, going through up to and including verse 103. So verse 98. Hawadu billahi minash shaitan rajeem. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Verily you, i.e. the unbelievers, and the i.e. false gods that you worship, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are but hasab for help. To it will you surely come. So here a word is used. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions, مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ حَسَبُ جَهَنَّمُ The gods that you worship besides Allah are but hasab for hell. So what does hasab mean? So in Qurtubi and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he recited, حَسَبُ جَهَنَّمُ He explained, It means kindling. Hasabu means kindling. So the translation would be, the gods that you worship besides Allah are nothing but kindling for the hell. And in another report, in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, he further commented, it means firewood in the dialect of Zanjia, i.e. ancient Sudanese. It means firewood In Zanjia, i.e. a dialect of ancient Sudanese. So what we can take from this is this, this, this is an unusual word. And according to Ibn Abbas, his roots are also in ancient Sudanese. And it's from one of their dialects. And it means firewood. So the meaning of hasab is kindling or firewood for hell. So whatever is worshipped besides Allah, it will become the fire and the fuel for hell. So why were these verses <coughs> revealed? So there's a report. So this narration is recorded by Imam Tahawi in his Mushkil Al-Atal number 986 and 985 and 988. Tabarani in his Kabir, volume 12, page 153. Hakim in his Mustadrak, volume 2, page 384, states Sahih. Zahabi Sahih. Al-Khatib in his Al-Faqih, Al-Mutafaqih, page 70. Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, number 2918, Qurtubi in his Tafsir, Ma'rif al-Quran, volume 6, page 232 to 233 of the New English Translation. And Shaykh Muqbal, rahmatullah, they said, the hadith along with the previous chains is sahih li-ghayni. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was best. So simply put, this hadith is recorded and it reaches the highest levels of authenticity when you combine all the chains. So again, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, there is a verse in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which the people do not ask me about it, and I do not know if it is because they do not understand it, so they do not ask me about it, or if it is that they are ignorant of it, so they do not ask me about it. So stop in the report. So Abdullah ibn Abbas, this shows... how much he loved people asking and inquiring about the Qur'an. 
But there was one verse which people, for some reason, didn't ask him about. And he gave two reasons. He goes, either they, they've missed something or they are ignorant. So the people asked, what is it? Which verse? And he recited this verse, verse 98. Certainly you and what you worship besides Allah are hasabu for hell. You will enter it. So he explained. This verse was hard upon the unbelievers of Makkah. And they said, Muhammad has reviled our gods. So Ibn Abbas is explaining himself, though nobody asked. He goes, this verse troubled the unbelievers. Why? Because it says that whatever you worship besides God will become the fuel or the kindling of the fire. <coughs> Ibn Az-Zibara stood up and he said, what is the matter? They said, Muhammad has reviled our gods. So Ibn Az-Zibara, he said, and what did he say? And they recited the verse. Certainly you and what you worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are hasab for health. You will enter it. <coughs> so Ibn Az-Zabara, he thought about this. He goes, call Muhammad to me. When Muhammad was called, Ibn Zabara, he said, O Muhammad is this something for our gods in particular or for everything that is worshipped besides Allah? So, <clears throat> stopping the report. So this man, he said, is this verse only about our idols that we worship around the Kaaba or is it for everything? He said, it is for everything that is worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <clears throat> so he said, we have beaten him in the argument by the Lord of this scripture. So what's happened? When the Prophet ﷺ testified that this verse is for everything that is worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ibn Az-Zibara, he turned to the unbelievers because we've defeated him. And then he said, O Muhammad ﷺ, do you not claim that Isa is a righteous servant and that Uzair is a righteous servant and that the angels are righteous servants the Prophet said Bala certainly <coughs> Ibn Az-Zibara then said firstly these are Christians they worship Isa and secondly these are the Jews they worship Uzair and thirdly, these are the tribe of Banu Malih. They worship the angels. The people of Makkah then went into an uproar, meaning they were celebrating. So stop in the report. So how did this man, Ibn Az-Zibara, how did he think he had defeated the Prophet He thought that if the verse is saying that everything which is worshipped besides Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala without exception is fuel for the fire and those who worship then that means that Isa is fuel for the fire that means that Uzair is fuel for the fire and the angels and then the unbelieving Makkans they were celebrating the uproar upon this Allah the Almighty and Glorious revealed verse 101 
Verily, those for whom the good has preceded from us, they will be placed far away from it. And then this verse was also revealed. Surah 43, verse 57. And when the son of Maryam is quoted as an example, Behold, your people cry aloud. Ibn Abbas said that was the uproar in which they thought they had defeated the Prophet. So what happened? This is the game they were playing. They were trying to trip up the Prophet. So Allah basically said that they have got nothing to do with your stupidity. You've attributed that to them. So Allah simply says they have received good. They will be far from that place. And then Allah quotes, why are you quoting Jesus Christ? It's only for Yasiddun, for an uproar. So now there's another report which adds the detail. So this narration is in Ibn Hisham in Isira, Al-Bidayah Ibn Ishaq. The Prophet wasallam he himself replied, Yes, everyone who would approve of his own worship instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, will go to hell along with, the, with those who worship them. Then I.e. these verses were reviewed. So the Prophet clarified. He said, they never ever said, we are gods besides Allah. Anybody who approved of that, they will become the fire of the hell. So if anybody says, I am God, certainly the fire of hell. And those who worship them. So the Prophet himself defended Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, Uzair alayhi salatu wasalam, and the angels. So note, how they were trying to trip up the Prophet but they thought they'd got him. Imagine, <laughs> as if you know he's he's like making his own religion up, and you can trip people up very easily. But Allah Ta'ala was highlighting these are the silly games that these people play. And there's another report which adds details. <clears throat> In Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Kathir, Sira, volume 2, page 33 of the English translation, the Prophet once sat down in the masjid with Al-Walid ibn al muhira Al-Nadr ibn al-Harith came over and sat with them. Also present were several men of the Quraysh. The Prophet spoke. But Al-Nadr ibn al-Harith argued with him. The Prophet then addressed Al-Nadr and ultimately silenced him. Having done this, he recited to them all, verse 98 to verse 100. And the translation is from verse 99. If these had been gods, they would not have got there, but each one will abide therein. Their sobbing will be their lot, nor will they there hear I, anything else. So certain men are mentioned, and one of them was Nadir ibn al-Harith, and he was a big shaitan. Allah Ta'ala revealed many verses about the shaitan. He tried to cause destruction to the Prophet So he tried to argue with the Prophet, and the Prophet silenced him. Another Ibn al-Hadith, he was killed after the battle of Badr. He was caught as a prisoner. And as they were coming back, I to Al-Madina, the Prophet gave orders for his execution. And Ali sent him to help. So this is a big shaitan. And notice another person, Al-Walid ibn Muhira, was sitting with the Prophet. This is Khalid ibn Walid's father. But he didn't say anything. But he ultimately also tragically died without Iman as well. So note these verses were all relating to the unbelieving Quraysh. Verse 99, if these had been gods, 
they would not have got there, but each one will abide therein. So now there's a, there is a few things which need to be clarified. The sun and the moon have also been worshipped. So will they also go to hell? And somebody asked Abu Huraira radiallahu because they've done nothing wrong. So why, why are they going to go into the fire? So Abu Huraira goes, I'm narrating a hadith to you, you're giving me logic. So he actually taught two lessons. He quoted the hadith and then he goes, why are you using logic against revelation? And people do do this. You know, it's an illness. Hassan al-Basri, he was more polite. He explained, from sorry, Imam Ahmad. Imam Ahmad explained, he goes, the sun and the moon will be put into the fire, but it is not a punishment for them because they are lifeless. <laughs> because people worship them. Otherwise, they'll be injustice. Why? Because the sun and the moon, obviously, they're doing what they're doing, but Allah hasn't literally given them any life according to Imam Ahmad. But because people worship them, they also are placed into the fire. And that's also quite shocking. Why? Because you actually, we know with certainty two things that we see probably on a daily basis which will enter the fire. Think about that. When you look at the sun, do you actually think of the hellfire? You should. And when you look at the moon, they end up in the fire because people work, but it's not a punishment for them. But those who worship them, approve that it will be a punishment for them. And also they will see their gods. Why? That's a further, you know, uh, humiliation for them. Verse 100. Their sobbing will be their lot, nor will they hear anything else. So Allah is describing a punishment here in the fire. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he clarified so this is uh, from Hafiz ibn Rajab in his work, Al-Takhweef Min Al-Nar, fleeing from the fire, page 212-213 of the English translation. Abdullah ibn Masood, he said, those who are doomed to remain in hellfire for eternity, they will be firstly placed in coffins of fire, secondly with nails of fire, thirdly, these coffins will then be placed in other coffins and thrown into the hellfire. So they won't see anyone else being tormented in the fire. Ibrahim Masood then recited this verse, verse 100. For them therein is heavy sighing and therein they will not hear. In another report in Ibn Abi Hatim, Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud said, so he does not see anyone else tormented in hellfire besides himself. So let's look at this. So the great Ibrahim Mas'ud, he said these are the unbelievers because they will be in hell forever. He goes, they will be placed in coffins of fire. Now think about that. Coffins. <laughs> Do we make things out of fire? And the answer is, how can we? You know, fire is not something you make something out of. The Quran mentions they will have clothes of fire, coffins of fire. Hadith mentions. So it's used to make, secondly, nails of fire. When you hammer the coffin, so nothing comes out. Nails of fire. <coughs> then they'll be placed in other coffins. So that's not enough. That coffin of fire, which is nailed with fire, is placed in another coffin. Then they're placed in the fire. Why? So they won't see anyone else being punished. Why? Because you're, you're trapped in your own you know, hell. Ibrahim Masood then recited this verse, because this is the meaning. For them there is zafir, heavy sign. And they will not hear. And Ibrahim Masood said, 
they will not hear or see anyone. Now what's interesting, the verse doesn't say see. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for them therein is heavy sighing and they will not hear. Ibn Masood said, in extension, they will not see. And this is another punishment, i.e. for the unbelievers. So note, this is the fate which the unbelievers which are waiting for them, i.e. for eternity. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve and protect us from that. Ameen. <coughs> Verse 101, those for whom the good from us has gone before will be removed far therefrom. Like I mentioned, this is reference to Isa, Uzair and the angels, because they have got nothing to do with the fire. Allah goes, they were destined for paradise. Verse 102, not the slightest sound will they hear of hell. What their souls desired in that will they dwell. So this verse is very interesting. It talks about both the fire and paradise. And in such a short passage, Allah Ta'ala has given you so much detail. Not the slightest sound will they hear in hell. Look how much detail that is. What their souls desired in that will they dwell. So again, note the majesty of the, the Quran, Allah has given you so much detail in such a short passage. Verse 103. The great terror will bring them no grief. So what does this mean? So in Ma'adiful Quran, volume 6, page 233, Abdullah ibn Abbas recited this portion. La yahzunuhumul fazaul akbar. The great terror. Al-fazaul akbar will bring them no grief. He explained, this refers to the second blowing of the horn when all the dead will assemble to give account. So according to one understanding here, Allah is saying, they will not even have any grief upon the second blowing of the horn. And according to Ibn Abbas, this is when people are resurrected. So you think about that. When you are resurrected, how can you not feel any panic? Allah promises that those people that you've slandered they will not fear anything. But there's another meaning. So, in Ma'rifu Quran, volume 6, page 233, Hafiz ibn al-Arabi, he said, that the horn will be, born, will be blown three times. So, first of all, it's not a trumpet. A lot of people say trumpet. I don't know where they get that from, right? The word sur means horn. So Israfil, the blessed angel, one of the archangels, he blows the horn. But there's a difference of opinion how many times. So according to Ibn Abbas, the majority is twice. One blowing, everything dies. Second blowing, everything comes back to life. Ibn al-Arabi said the horn will be blown thrice. He explained. The first will be Nafkhatul Faza, which will put everyone into utter confusion. And is referred to here in this verse, verse 103, Al-Fazaul Akbar, the biggest panic. This is the first call. The second call will be Nafkhatul Sa'uq, when everyone will die. The third will be Nafkhatul Ba'ath, when all dead will be resurrected. This view derives support from the hadith of Abu Huraira, 
quoted in Abu Ya'la in his Musnad, Behaki, Abdi ibn Humayd, Abu Ash-Shaykh, Ibn al-Jamil al-Tabari, and Tafsir Mazhari. So even though the majority view is that there's two blowings of the horn, there is a hadith where it has weakness, which mentions three blowings of the horn. So why have I mentioned this here? Because according to this view, this verse is talking about the, f- the first blowing of the horn. Ibn Abbas said it's the second. So if you look at the dominant view, the second means they're coming out of the graves. According to Hafiz ibn al-Arabi, it's the first. Where they panic. So either way, can you reconcile? Yes. So the first blowing, why would they panic? They're already in the graves. There's no Muslims on the face of the earth when the first blowing takes place. So there's going to be no panic. And obviously when the second blowing takes place, when they emerge, there will be no panic. Why? Because they're successful. So there's a way to reconcile. But it's worth mentioning there's a difference of opinion here. Then the verse continues. But the angels will meet them with mutual greetings, saying, This is your day that you were promised. This is your day. Now what's interesting, even in English, they say every person has his day. They simply use the word dog. Every dog has his day. But the meaning is that everybody has his moment. And what's interesting is the Quran seems to also highlight this. This is your day, I the believers. Meaning now you will get your, you know, what you deserve and in terms of justice. So now what's interesting, the judgment and balancing of accounts will be a mighty terror to all the evildoers. But it will cause to the righteous not grief or anxiety, but hope and happiness. For now they will be in congenial atmosphere and they will see the fulfillment of their ideals in the meeting and greeting of the angels. Preparatory to the enjoyment of the supreme bliss, seeing the face of Allah. So what's interesting, the angels, the Quran says, calms them. This is your day. So not they're calm, the angels are further calming them. And what's the ultimate bliss? To see the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now where is, why, how do we know that? In Surah 10 verse 26. So in Surah Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam, verse 26. There's a report. So this narration is in Sayyid Muslim, Tirmidhi, Nasai, Ibn Majah and Ahmad. And Suhaib al-Rumi, he relates with the Allah, that the Prophet wasalam, said, when the people of paradise enter paradise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, do you want anything more? They will reply, have you not made our faces bright? Have you not admitted us to paradise? Have you not saved us from the fire? So look how interesting. You've got everything, literally your fingertips. In, in, uh, in the world, this is a figure of speech. So when people say he's got everything at his fingertips, it's a figure of speech. But in paradise, it's literal. you got everything. So you will respond, inshallah. You, you brightened our faces. You've admitted us to paradise. You saved us from the fire. What else can we ask for? Then the veil will be removed. And they will never have been given anything more beloved to them than looking at the face of their Lord. May he be blessed and exalted. Then the Prophet decided this verse. Surah 10 verse 26. لِلَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُ الْحُسْنَ وَزِيَادَةِ To those who do good is a good reward. Indeed, more, no darkness, no shame shall cover their faces. 
So in the verse, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He says, those who do good, we will give good. But then he says, waziyada. And extra. What's the extra? They will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now what did the hadith say in Sahih Muslim? There is nothing more beloved to them than looking at their Lord. So why is this often forgotten by many of the people? Because they focus on the hoodies. Because beauty of the hoodies, beauty of the hoodies, beauty of the hoodies. And then he goes, well at this point, what happens to the hoodies? And the person gets a bit bewildered. He goes, he goes, there you go. That's the ultimate blessing to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to further highlight this in Surah Yasin, in Surah 36, verse 58, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further gives details. So this narration is in Ibn Majah, number 184, uh, Al-Bidayah and Mishpat. Sayyidina Jabr radiyallahu relates that the Prophet sallallahu said, the people of paradise will remain in their enjoyment when suddenly a light will flash upon them. They will raise up their heads when suddenly the Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala will be needing them from above. He subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, peace be upon you, O people of paradise. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, this is in reference to the verse. And then he recited verse 58. Salamun qawlam min rabbir rahim. Peace. A word from a Lord most merciful. Then the Prophet said, He subhanahu wa ta'ala will look towards them and they will look towards him. They will not turn their looks towards anything of their gifts so long as they will be looking towards him. Look how amazing. What gifts have you been given in paradise? When you enter paradise, a person stands there for 10,000 years in shock. The hadith says everything fades into oblivion. You only think of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Prophet said, till he subhanahu wa ta'ala will be screened away from them and his light will only remain. So going back to what I'm mentioning here in this verse. So what does it say? That you will have no grief when you are in the grave. You will have no grief when you raise from the grave. The angels will further comfort you and the all of this is a preparation for the ultimate bliss, seeing the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the greatest honor. What's shocking is, Allah has to remind us of that. Because anything else you want. And none of us say, we just say, Ya Allah, you've given us everything. Then Allah says, I will give you another report in Sayyid Bukhari. I will be content with you. I will never cease to be displeased with you. Meaning you will see my majesty and you are now finally like the Sahaba. <laughs> we have to wait for paradise. They've got it in the world. You know, subhanAllah. So I'll decide the verses. We will conclude. <laughs> Inakumatabuduna <laughs> 
we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Qur'an the Rabbi of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have in adversity.